Hi, and welcome to Off the Water, the podcast brought to you from the National Governing Body, ROI Scotland. I'm Nikki Stewart, and I wanted to start off with saying a massive thank you to Mark Turner and Robin Nicholl for hosting our last episode and looking after the podcast for us. Jack is back hosting with me this week again. Do you remember what to do, Jack? We'll go through the flow. <laughs> so this week we wanted to talk about the benefits of outdoor education and discuss the importance of staying at a residential centre for young people. Hi, I'm Jack Mitchell and I'm really happy to be back on the podcast. Outdoor education is close to my heart and I'm, and I'm really looking forward to chatting with the team this morning. We are joined by three very inspiring and passionate people within our industry. They are Jane Campbell-Morrison, Liam Watson and Jordan McNeilage. Before we start, just a wee disclaimer. These are the thoughts of our own and of our guests. If you've got any comments or complaints, please drop us an email to podcast at ryscotland.org.uk. We've had some really positive feedback on the podcast from our recent survey, so thank you very much for engaging with that. So please feel free to drop us a wee message, let us know your thoughts, and also if you've got any ideas for future content. We want to express our extreme disappointment after reading that outdoor education centres across Scotland are facing potential closure as a result of COVID-19. Thank you all for taking the time to be with us. Um, it's really hard not to notice the Save the Outdoors Centres campaign. It's really amazing just to see and it's touching on sort of the heartstrings of us and it is really something that is important to all of us. And it's really nice to see the stories coming through from an instructor perspective, the teacher roles within, within the outdoor education centres and really looking on and, and bringing out the benefits from the experiences that children have coming through through the centre. So it's really amazing that we're, we're finally here having this conversation uh, and we're really excited to uh, sort of dig in and get involved. So I guess before we dig into the discussion it would be great if each of you could just give a brief overview of your background and perhaps include maybe your your earliest engagement with outdoor education for our listeners. Um, so my background is I've been very heavily involved in the outdoors since I was a child and I'm a very old wrinkly person now so it's been quite a long time. Um, my very first um, experience in all honesty was when I was about 18 and I volunteered for a winter at Benmore Outdoor Centre and spent much of my time rebuilding the boats, varnishing things that you don't do now, but varnishing lots of bits of wood, etc. And I, at that time, I also helped out with a whole range of different activities from caving where I got stuck. I've had a bit of an aversion to caving ever since through to um, sailing activities, even in the winter. And I could see so clearly at that point how much benefit the kids got coming from a very urban part of Edinburgh over to Benmore and really enjoying being in the outdoors and learning about the outdoors. And, and, and that was a long time ago. And it formed my view on the outdoor education sector ever since, really. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Liam. Uh, I'm a senior instructor at Scout Ventures of Grailhead um, in Argyll. Um, it's one of uh, three centres owned and operated by Scout Scotland. Um, so I kind of have a volunteer type hat on as well. Um, my kind of earliest memory of the outdoors um, was when I went um, to the Lake District in uh, primary school um, and actually did some sailing there as well. Um, and so that's kind of quite a fun memory. Um, and yeah, that's me. Hi, everyone. I'm Jordan. I'm um, the RYA's latest board member. I was the 
chief instructor for Loch Inch Outdoor Centre for a total of three months, I think. But I've been involved in the outdoor industry from a very young age. I used to work my weekends at my local centre in Aberfeldy, um, tidying up boats and doing bits and bobs. And my earliest memory, funnily enough, was our um, outdoor ed trip to Loch Oilhead, full circle almost, which is quite good. Like Jane, um, I've got an incredible passion for young people and the benefits that outdoor education bring to young people and my time at Loch Inch being a primarily residential outdoor centre you you get to experience firsthand just how impactful outdoor education can be so I'm really looking forward to this kind of thing. Let's get started the first question really kind of come in two parts and we're going to jump straight in the deep end really and just discuss why are outdoor centres so important and what do they offer that's different for, you know, compared to, say, schools and, and clubs and other things like that? Outdoor centres, I think, often are perceived as, and, and maybe Liam and Jordan can correct me, but I think outdoor centres are often perceived in a, a completely different light to schools and, and clubs and are maybe perceived by some as being a sort of holiday type approach, when actually that's so far from the truth. A lot of the time, the outdoor centres engage very fully with the schools before the children arrive. The programme for the week is very much directed by the Curriculum for Excellence and the activities that they deliver are very much part of the kind of overall citizenship piece of the Curriculum for Excellence. Plus, they get access to a whole range of activities that often clubs and schools can't offer, which show young people that even if they don't really like being part of physical education at school, and let's be honest, not everyone wants to play hockey or rugby, They've got a range of activities there that they can do that actually keep them busy, keep them active, keep them outdoors, help with mental health, but also helps them understand the environment that we have, the precious environment that we have in Scotland. And I think the reason the centres are super important, too, is also the workforce, the workforce that's based in the centres. And Jordan and Liam are just two shining examples of them are really well trained, they're very experienced in what they deliver and this is often the piece that's missing from a club or from a school and the school, I think the school environment can lend itself to some outdoor learning but it's much more challenging for teachers because they've got a huge range of other stuff they've got to do and clubs tend to focus on much more specific activities rather than offering a wide range of different things that kids can experience. So, you know, clubs can definitely help as part of personal development without a shadow of a doubt. But unfortunately, they can't always offer more than one or two maybe activities. And that's for some kids, that's a bit that's important to them is being able to try lots of different things whilst they're away at a centre and hit targets on the curriculum for excellence. So I guess that would be my sort of thinking around the topic. What kind of Jane said was absolutely spot on. Um, so I came into the outdoor kind of education teaching background. So I kind of trained as a teacher to start off with. And that kind of really helped me kind of to develop my outdoors um, education kind of philosophy and kind of the way that I instruct and teach now. That's kind of really helped me. And as Jane said, you know, a lot of our activities that we have here are all kind of towards curriculum for excellence. And I think it's that kind of big um, kind of equaliser in some ways, you know, so the, the kids that are not very, very academic in school, what we normally find is they generally really, really excel uh, when they come to a centre like ourselves. Yeah, I think I think Liam and Jane have both both kind of hit the nail on the head with people kind of perceive outdoor centres and outdoor education as 
maybe a little bit of a holiday when in fact it is outdoor education and without kids knowing it they are learning while they're out on activities and it's that catering to a, a group of young people who might not necessarily pick up on things that well in class you know you're giving them a different environment to try and learn in and kind of pitching through things to them in a different way and kids some kids are incredibly receptive of that and it's an important part of children's development and their education to be given that opportunity to to learn in a different way you know a, a prime example of that is we used to run a lot of keelboat sessions for school groups just because it was much easier to get a group of eight kids out on a keelboat than it is to get them all in wetsuits and out in the dinghies as a lot of you will probably know the simplest thing of you know going through the points of sale and relating that back to angles there's kids learning some some maths while they're out on the water it's it's you know putting the theory into practice for them and sometimes that teachers do their absolute best in the classroom but it's it's kind of an, another level, another arrow in their quiver, if you like, of tools to help educate children. Many of us were nervous at first. However, the instructors and school staff were really encouraging and supportive. Yeah, no, uh, amazing uh, sort of feedback there. I'd, I'd want to unpick a little bit of that, if that's okay, because we touched on on perceptions and and you know it's perceived maybe as a holiday and and some of my perceptions is that it gets muddled into sport and actually there's a key word like missing on on that which is, is these are outdoor education you know this this education is, is keyword whether it's young people or or adults and i suppose i want to just unpick maybe why why is that opportunity to learn in different ways that outdoor centers offer so important I think it's so important because of the point that with Jordan made and, and Liam has made too, actually. It's the fact that there are so many people, whether young or old, who struggle a little bit with life and they struggle with learning. And I was one of those people. I found I'm not an academic at all, but the outdoors showed me that I could build my understanding of things in a different way. I learned about geography. I learned about science and I'm still learning now. Um, whenever I go out on the water to sail, I'm always picking up on new things about the environment that I'm in, whether it's about the wind and how that's being affected by the land or whether it's about the movement of ships. So I'm learning a bit about industry, etc. There's always so much to learn and it's done, given to you in a way that's so much more accessible. I think when you put someone in a classroom and you, you talk to them about or you talk at them, about a particular subject it's not engaging for an awful lot of young people and therefore when we take them into the environment and we teach them about from a bicycle we're going to go for a bike ride on a track and we tell them about how the track was made and we tell them about how the trees are looked after these become real and they're prior to that time it's just a theoretical subject it doesn't mean anything um, and to give you a shining example of that was I remember talking about hanging valleys at school and I could not get my head around them at all. I didn't understand it. And then someone took me hill walking whilst I was at school, whilst we had outdoor education still in schools. They took me hill walking and they showed me what a hanging valley looked like. Like, oh, that's what that is. So again, it's about kind of putting things into context for an awful lot of people, whether they're young or old. And we can do that really well in in the outdoors. I think often it's something that's undermined. And, and 
Jordan's example about teaching people points of sailing and using that as angles to show young people, well, this is where the boat's going. Look at the angle of the sail to the boat. What degree is that? You know, that's a brilliant way of showing the kind of degrees and how kids can learn that kind of different ways of, of understanding certain things that we have to, we have to learn at school. I think the outdoors add so much in terms of science, environment, geography, maths, you know, there's the huge range of aspects, not least of which working together as a team. And we haven't really touched on that yet. And, you know, young people and in the outdoors are very much required to learn to talk to each other and work together. And that is also part of the curriculum for excellence, I should add. But that's a huge part of what we do in, in outdoor centers. And that's often something that isn't that easily shared in a classroom. So if you're doing a climbing exercise or if you're getting a boat ready to go sailing, that's done as a team. It's not something that's done on an individual basis. I think um, what Jane Jane and Jordan both said um, previously have been spot on. You know, I think the, the key thing with outdoor education is, you know, we put the things into like a real world, a real life context. Um, so, you know, they both mentioned about putting maths. So Jordan mentioned about maths uh, into sailing and Jane mentioned about geography and, you know, valleys. And if that thing of we can talk about valleys and we can show you in a textbook in a classroom. But as outdoor educators, we can take you and actually we can take you to experience them actual things. And that's the kind of key thing with it. You know, them kind of personal kind of skills and the kind of life skills um, of being able to kind of learn away from your parents to learn, you know, how to look after yourself, that kind of independence, resilience type thing as well, uh, which is really key, I think, as well. An incredible important part of, I think, the curriculum as a, as a whole. Kids from a very young age love to ask why. They love to contextualise things. And if we can, as outdoor educators, put things into context for them, it makes education accessible to a, a whole range of kids. And, and those kids that excel, at, you know, in academia get the, the extra benefits of outdoor education teamwork. You know, it's a big, a big part of it. You take a, a group of kids out on a, a canoe trip or out for a hill walk and they have to work together as a team in order for that that session to be a success. You're giving them all these interpersonal skills that they might not necessarily pick up on it at, at school. And it's an incredibly important in, environment to be in. And it, it wasn't so long ago that outdoor ed was a big part of it. Why, why all of a sudden has that disappeared? Physical education and physical health and PE and all that kind of stuff and plays a big important role in you know, educating people about their, their physical health and, and keeping healthy. But outdoor education is something totally separate to that. It, it, it provides a whole, oh, I keep going on about like the kind of the next level of education, it just provides another, another way of, of, of teaching. A lot of children were also away from their parents for the first time, but they built strong, positive relationships with their friends and teachers. We all developed confidence and became better team players. I think that the comment about the teamwork and learning about how to work with other people, how to understand other people, read other people in lots of different situations. You find yourself in the outdoors in a very changeable environment. It's a very safe environment because I think as instructors, uh, as coaches, as managers or as, a, as an industry, we're very, very good at managing risk and being able to adapt to 
to make sure that the environment's super safe. But I do think that that team, the team element and the understanding how other people are, that interpersonal skills is something that is so, so important and uh, really great to pull out. The other, just I guess in line with interpersonal skills, I think the intrapersonal skills is really important. Like people can, kids can understand so much more about themselves when they're coming into the outdoors. They get to explore their confidence. They get to explore new things and that can help teach them about who they are or what's, what's important to them, but also how far they can maybe push themselves, what their limits are and give themselves a bit more confidence. So I think it's, there's just so so many benefits um but I guess just kind of pulling back a lot of the campaign is focusing on um re the residential site and what's important to young people about having the opportunity to experience a residential um outdoor experience I guess what why is why is the residential part important a lot of the the reason for the residential experience is about alluding to already something we've talked about which is this personal re resilience learning to cope away from home without mum and dad, having to learn to clean up after yourself, having to learn to work with the rest of your room or the rest of your table at dinner time to you know, make sure everyone's fed, to make sure that you've tidied up, to do your part of the rota. I think it's just, it's that whole piece around, again, teamwork, it's that whole piece around personal confidence, and um, yes, we do experience a number of children with um, homesickness, but often it can be managed well by the centres to help the young people kind of understand that actually they're not going to be away from home for that long, but long enough that they can learn to be okay on their own. They can take care of themselves. And I think that's the important part of the residential experience. It's all immersive. It's, you know, it's a real step out of life for a lot of people, for a lot of the young people. And that's a particularly important aspect for our groups of, say, carers, young carers um, or young people who've got special educational needs. You know, actually having some time out from the kind of normal run of the mill type activity and, and being immersed in that type of environment where they are given new opportunities to do different things, where they're looking after themselves rather than looking after other people is so important. You know, having to make sure you've always got a pair of socks dry that you can then put on after you've been caving or you've been gorge walking or something, you know, because a lot of the kids don't really think that far ahead a lot of the time. And, and I'm guessing that Liam and, and Jordan have got stories to tell about that kind of thing. But I mean, for me, it's about actually showing children how to take care of themselves. And especially at primary seven and transition type courses where they are learning to, you know, how to behave with other people and then move into high school. It's a super important part of moving to high schools, being that, being aware of your own abilities and knowing that you where to go for help if you need it. I, I think the, the residential element of it all plays a huge part and especially as Jane said in the kind of the transition period from P, P7 to S1 and that's kind of primarily where a lot of our residential stuff is based. We do less so of the, the kind of the, the, the respite care and the additional education needs stuff and um, more so in recent recent years but but primarily a lot of our a lot of our work is around kind of school residential stuff it takes kids away from an environment that they're familiar with 
and in their mind they're like oh my oh my goodness I'm away from home everything's everything's on me I'm so responsible when actually they're doing that and they think that but it's an incredibly controlled and well-managed environment and they would never be in a position where they're you know making all the decisions for themselves but the the setup makes them feel that way that sense of responsibility over the course of a, a week five days the change in them is incredible you know you'll have kids that come down for first sessions and they've not got jackets they've got you know these trainers on and you're just thinking right guys let's have a think about what we're going to do today we're going to be out on the water we're going to be getting it's going to rain at some point it's scotland of course it's going to rain where's your jackets and you know as the week goes on they start to take that responsibility on for themselves and by the end of the week they're all there ready to go and you're almost thinking God, we just had a little bit more time just how much further they might they might go and it's that that element of the residential you know you're, you're not going to get that from a couple of days of activities you'll get other things from a couple of days of activities the stuff that you get out of a, a residential experience is is so much more than just the educational benefits it's them growing as as people and going from primary school into secondary where they need to take on that responsibility for themselves a, a big thing is, is in secondary you know you go from classroom to classroom you need to remember to take your stuff from classroom to classroom you know you can't you can't just decide to leave it all somewhere like you would do in, in primary and in a very small way residential experience allows you to do that you need to remember to take your stuff with you in the morning that's a part of everyday adult life that we take for granted and it's something that the residential experience offers i think kind of just to unpick up maybe a few things as well um so you know um one of the the kind of key things i suppose is you know we're in a kind of world of technology now and that's probably been highlighted with the pandemic. You know, we're all now sat on computers and iPads and, you know, on Zoom and go to meetings and all that kind of stuff. Actually, you know, with the kind of places that the outdoor residential centres are, um, there's normally kind of bad signal, kind of mobile signal. You know, the 4G isn't as, as probably good as what it is. We've definitely not got 5G. And it's probably that kind of you know, that taking them away from phones, their iPads, their, you know, all the technology, all, uh, but, you know, taking them away from that for a week, they're not being reliant on that, uh, which you probably, especially now, even more so with the pandemic, you know, they've probably been reliant on that with not being at school. They've been reliant on that technology for the last, what, seven, eight months now, um, you know, and, and when we come back, being able to get them away from that technology, away from the internet, um, and all that kind of stuff, and actually just showing them the real world, showing them that kind of the outdoors, which is obviously kind of a real good thing for our mental health and well-being as well. But also that kind of resilience as well, resilience and kind of, you know, um, being able to kind of for things to be a bit tough. And rather than people going, oh, that, well, it doesn't matter, you know, outdoor educators probably go, well, actually are you going to try just a slight bit more and then the last thing that looking after themselves I think Jordan touched on it quite a bit and um, but you know even the simple things in an outdoor center like um, them going to a tuck shop you know and they've got money for the week and then kind of almost like it sounds really simple but like them life decisions of you know well I've got say five pound for a week you know do I spend all my money at once and buy you know buy everything straight away or do I kind of spread my money out over the week it sounds really simple, but it's them kind of simple kind of life decisions that we give in outdoor residential centres as well. 
such a powerful message there. I think I want to touch on the uh, the sort of technology bit. And I think this comes up all the time that we're strapped to technology. Technology is the future. And, and in uh, you know my family circle, this debate comes up quite a lot. I think technology has its place. You know, my uh, my nephew is, is has done amazing developments with his maths based on technology apps and things like that. And he's seven years old and he's doing amazing. And he wouldn't have had that opportunity without technology. But I put outdoor education in the same context that it has its place. If we take it away, you know, we are we're losing an element of learning and development that you just can't get anywhere else, can't be replicated. So I want to, I want to sort of... Um, look a little bit now at the current situation and throughout lockdown we've been repeatedly told to ensure that we take daily exercises to for the sake of mental health that has uh, spurred on many people you know wanting to get outside for an hour going and walking with their family or or, or generally being outdoors and, and I feel that's a, a brilliant habit is that a good habit to be, that's going to be around for a long time and do we do we think that this will remind everybody of the I suppose the benefits of outdoor education especially with children or do we think it's just a, a, a the current situation i'd love to think it would stick around i think in many ways it's a bit of a short-term situation um we're moving into the winter months where the technology is increasingly going to be more appealing people don't want to go outside often because they don't have the right kit if they've never really been an outdoorsy kind of family they maybe don't have a reasonable set of waterproofs they might have wellies but that's probably about it so i think there'll be quite a lot of people who having been outside in the summer maybe associate the outdoors with the summer and i really would like to be able to say something different but I actually think that's going to be the case. Moving forward, I would love to think that the outdoors retains its prominence and its importance too. And, and clearly from the work that we started this year with Save Your Outdoor Centres campaign, the next step in that process is to look at how we can get the message out more frequently. From my perspective, I think it may have reminded people or educated people about being outdoors and how important it is. I think the challenge is going to be now, though, to try and keep that message going throughout the winter. I'm going to go on a different tack with this. See what I did there? What I think, uh, probably throwing it back at you, Jack, do you, um, you know, it's been really good to see uh, people um, kind of engaging with the outdoors. But I think the big thing um, over the summer and, you know, as we go into autumn as well, is probably hasn't it also shown us that we need our outdoor education um, residential centres even more. You know, all we've seen throughout um, once lockdown east is that people are kind of, kind of almost like fly tipping this kind of this ethos of going to kind of goes and buying a twenty pound tent, um, going to somewhere like the Loman National Park where we are, or the Cairngorm National Park where Jordan is up there, having our kind of party for the weekend. You know, we go and or you know we're going to enjoy enjoy the outdoors kind of thing, and then you know make a mess pull down trees, kind of try and set them on fire and then leave all of our mess for someone else to clear up. Um, isn't that kind of showing us that actually um, our outdoor education residential centres need to be embedded more into the curriculum so that we can teach the next generation to look after, you know, the great place Scotland is. And actually, should we be looking after our, you know, our lovely places so that people can enjoy them for the future as well? I think, you know, it's highlighted for a lot of people. We, we live in the middle of nowhere and at the peak of lockdown i've never seen this area so busy with people getting out and about and 
saying hello and you know oh this is great we should do this more often and you know as jane said as we've come into the winter time that's that's really come back now and it's really only the people that are out walking their dogs that are that are out getting the uh getting that exercise so i think maybe the hour exercise a day or kind of taking that that exercise at the peak of lockdown was maybe a bit of a false economy and that it, it's not necessarily going to stick what it has done is it's kind of awoken everybody to the benefits of being outside and we've seen that in kind of what Liam was saying with people going out and, and going out into the outdoors and that's fantastic but they're going out there with these ideas of you know causing damage it's, it's vandalism at the end of the day you know it's it's not good to see and someone has to you know someone has to take care of that if you're in the uh, any of the national parks it's the it's the it's the rangers that have to that have to deal with that and, and nobody should be dealing with that and what's the solution there education educating people and you know saying to people yes it's great that you're wanting to get out and be in the outdoors but you, we need to be we need to be sensible and we need to be looking after it and um i think it's important to kind of spread that message as liam said at an early age if if you're at a residential center i'm sure lock oil heads still do it and um, we we went for walks and you go out for your your walk that would be an activity for the week be either a morning or an afternoon and you go out for your walk and it was just a chance to kind of be out in the outdoors and kind of an open discussion with the instructors about you know what you were seeing what's important and inevitably you'd come across a piece of rubbish and there would be a discussion around why that was bad and what we should be doing about it and if kids aren't getting that and they're going to lose out on that from the loss of these centers then i'm going to have to wade through four foot of rubbish to get to the end of my driveway which is <laughs> not going to be nice <laughs> yeah that I think the real, there's a definite real need for better education for people so that they can understand personal responsibility and the respect that's needed for the outdoors. Because if we don't respect the outdoors, then it's going to have devastating effects. And it's just it is very inconsiderate. And I think Georgian used the word vandalism um, and at essence that is what it is which is a horrible situation to be in really 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 I hope that it starts to change but I guess how is there anything as outdoor centres can it for the future that might need to think about for changing how they work or changing how they offer is there anything about educating I know we've talked a lot about young people but is there anything else we can maybe think of um, the outdoor centres could have an impact with maybe some of the adults as well to try and get some of these messages across. Yeah, I think um, that's a, a really good point, Nikki, that, you know, we've focused quite a lot on the kind of the young people's side of outdoor education. But of course, outdoor education affects people of all ages. And, you know, as a, as a centre, we run a lot of adult courses, a lot of adult sailing courses, canoeing courses, you know, you name it, we do it. And I think it's important to kind of give instructors the tools to feel confident about talking about the environment that they're working in. And it's a, you know, it's a, a big part of the RYA syllabus is making, you know, it's, it's the background knowledge that comes with sailing. It's fairly, it's fairly straightforward early on to kind of get people out on the water and into boats and kind of get them learning about sailing. But it's also incredibly important to kind of give them the background knowledge on, on sailing. And especially when 
people are going off and doing you know the slightly slightly more involved courses like your you know your your start yachting or your your yacht masters and things like that where people are going to be going off and visiting other places and it's about taking the opportunity then to to educate the people on those courses about looking after the environment that they're in um it's one thing that we always make a point on at lock inch that during any sort of kind of day sailing course or kind of from level two it's very important to kind of be educating people about their own personal safety but also looking after the environment that they're in you know if you're going off on Loch Ness if you're if you're that brave um, in your little wayfarer to sail off for a, a picnic on a beach it's important to be educating people about you know the environmental impact that that you know that can have and it's important that kind of hits both kind of adult and and, and the young people. So I think circle back almost that I think giving the instructors the tools and, and the confidence to do that early on is is quite important to, to make sure that they're aware that that's something that they can do. I know a lot of them kind of do it already, but to maybe reinforce that with them could be could be really powerful. Um, I do think um, just following on from that too, the, the challenge for outdoor centres is trying to find a way of engaging with adults often. So where you don't necessarily have a residential centre, if you're just uh, just <laughs> if you're an outdoor centre that runs a sort of day type of provision, then clearly that it's incumbent upon you to to actually share the message of how important it is to protect the environment. Um, I think one of the other challenges is to try and help outdoor centres whether they're residential or not to reach out to their local areas and try to encourage people to be more mindful of their impact um, on the local areas. We do have a lot of people who I think don't necessarily intentionally vandalise the area they go into. I think a lot of people often don't realise how important it is and they don't understand the impact that they have when they leave their rubbish behind them. There's just, a, 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 I suppose, a lack of understanding that what's okay in an urban environment isn't okay in a countryside environment because there isn't a council, in inverted commas, that will come and collect and tidy up after you. It's usually done by volunteers or similar. It's a real challenge for centres to be able to engage meaningfully with the, the population that leaves urban areas and comes into the countryside the challenge for the outdoors is actually reaching the people who are not from the outdoors. That has always been our problem. Um, we are very convinced as as outdoor peeps that, you know, we know how we've got to behave and we, we really try hard to, to show that behaviour all the time. But it isn't that easy to reach people who are not from the outdoors. And it's a constant battle. I think maybe we've kind of kind of this generation now the kind of damage has maybe been done in there and it prob probably and it's sad to say probably a bit of a lost cause i think we now need to focus on really embedding um outdoor education into our you know into our schools and into our young people yeah i think um we kind of we like to talk about the curriculum for excellence and how you know it has outdoor education in it but i think in some in sometimes kind of play pay lip service to it you know when and kind of outdoor education is seen as that kind of end of P7 residential and, you know, oh, you know, it's, you know, we go there because, it, you know, they're all leaving primary school. It's the last chance to get together and, you know, they're going to have fun and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. But actually, you know, what uh, outdoor education needs to be seen is more than that, you know, and I think it'd be really good um, to get outdoor education 
embedded throughout throughout the kind of school you know why why do they come um to a residential and p7 you know why do they not come earlier you know there's there's research that says um they should do a residential before p7 um you know the earlier the better in some ways yeah you know i think we need to kind of embed that into the curriculum um, throughout, most people that have heard me say this before that know me, um, I trained, as I said before, I trained as a teacher at university and I got taught how to uh, put literacy into my lessons. I got taught how to put numeracy into my lessons, even ICT at the time. I got taught to put into my lessons. Not once did I get taught how to put outdoor education into my lessons as a trainee teacher. And I think that's kind of part of the issue as well. So I want to come back to the campaign, if that's all right. And and. If, if you wouldn't mind sharing some of those notice comments or sort of stories that, that has come through the campaign that stand out for you guys. There are so many. I think it's really hard to actually say which ones stand out. But I love the video from Children First showing young people taking part in a gorge walking session. Um, and I think the video from Belmont Primary School which was done in conjunction with Abernethy Barcapel, you know, showing just how important their outdoor experience was to them was really lovely to hear and see. And I think just the fact that we we heard from so many people like Mark Beaumont, you know, about the importance of their outdoor experience and how it's helped them to form their lives. I would also add, though, the, the unsung people, and I think you've got two of them sitting here, Liam and Jordan, you know, they both come into this career because they love the outdoors and because of what it gives them back. And at least I hope they love the outdoors. I hope that's why they're doing their jobs. But it, I think that's the bit that people often don't realise is just how important the outdoors is. I, If I hadn't had the outdoors when I was at school, I genuinely have no idea where I would be. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to have a career in the outdoors and now give back to, to something that's been a huge part of my life and it, when I can't go outside I, I really feel it I need to be outside at least you know a good part of my day in order to feel like I've touched base with the world and so I think it's important to understand that element of the campaign and how that's brought out or been brought out I think by a number of different stories looking at it from the strategic level um, just hearing how many MSPs have supported the campaign and the debate that took place in Parliament showed how many people felt so passionately about the importance of the outdoors and outdoor centres, giving personal stories about how they've enjoyed being out. That was so important to them that they actually had to extend the debate by an hour. I suppose that's the piece about the outdoors that we often, we're very poor at singing from the rooftops about how great it is. Whether you sail or whether you climb hills, Ultimately, it's the same feeling that we all get at the end of it. And that's the bit I think that we all need to, to share much more frequently. I think it's, you know, it's just been amazing, the kind of outpouring of support we've had. And like Jane said, the kind of, you know, the parliament debate was really, really interesting. Seeing all that support from all the different MSPs as well uh, was really good. And But one of the, the kind of key things for me that stood out was... Um, a teacher from Peebles that wrote an article on timed educational supplement um, and she was talking about her experience of being at a centre you know her last line kind of really stuck with me um, I'll just kind of share that if that's all right um, so her last line of this article and um, but her last line was do it for the children who don't believe they can and for those who never thought they would 
And I thought, you know, for me, that was really, really powerful. And I read it and I had to sit there for a minute and go, wow, like, you know, it's really, really strong, you know. And so I think there's been loads of great stuff and the kind of letters that I've seen as well. Um, you know, the young people from schools have actually written to uh, MSPs and just seeing that kind of um, support as well um, has been absolutely fantastic to hear. There's other sectors that are needing help, but those other sectors are being debated, hotly debated and spoken about. And it wasn't until there was some action taken that, that people went, oh, hang on a second, there's a, there's a whole sector of of the economy here that's just gonna that's just gonna go by unnoticed so i think from 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 all of us who are you know careers and lives are dependent on the success and continued growth of the outdoor industry i think i think jane deserves a big a big round of thanks from all of us and you know to, to kind of share a couple of stories for me when i i started working at lock inch and for those in the outdoor world will know um, the freshwater is incredibly well, and you know the 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 ethos that Clive drove there um, and drove so well for so many years. And you know, if he was around at the moment, um, it's quite emotional thinking about it. If he was around at the moment, he would be the first person up there, you know, giving them a good <laughs> a good going over about what was going on. And um, we're incredibly lucky that that we've still got a video of of. Clive giving his big speech to a group of new recruits that we still play at the beginning of staff training uh, every year. In that, he he kind of goes on about the opportunities that we're presenting young people. We get a lot of groups of school kids who come from, you know, the likes of Edinburgh and Glasgow in the middle of cities who have maybe never even been to a park before. And all of a sudden, they're taken from the city and boop, they're in the middle of the Cairngorm National Park and you know his his whole way about conveying that to to the staff team and you know saying that you're here to make a real difference you're going to these kids will take this away for the rest of their lives so they need to have the best experience possible and and it's stories like that that make you realize and I've certainly had a lot of time as as most people have during the uh, the whole pandemic to kind of really think about what's going on and and what the benefits are and kind of get on board with with, with the campaign and and as, as kind of as Liam alluded to there earlier on that I think why isn't this part of mainstream education why don't local schools partner with local outdoor centers and run outdoor ed sessions once a week for school groups that would be an incredible way for for outdoor centres to remain viable, you know. And even thinking it of the kind of COVID safe world we're living in now, a lot of centres are already operating day to day, and you know, COVID safe ways, social distancing, and all that kind of stuff. Why can't a group of P4s or S3s come, you know, a class come for a day, and we'll go off and do all sorts? And I, you know, I guarantee you, everybody will benefit from that. In, in some way, the kids in their development and their educations and the outdoor centres and knowing that they've got some form of, you know, stream of income coming in to help them remain viable. And it's it, it's something to build from. I think there's a lot of opportunities have been opened up here and we're, we're only just getting started, I think. Fantastic. Um, thank you, everyone. I think that's a really positive note to finish on and that's a really a really strong wish I think for the making those connections building up 
the relationships within local communities and I think that would be an amazing place to get to so really keen to to hear more about how that develops fingers crossed that we can get something started really hope that it happens I guess just following on from especially from Jane's comments I think she's completely right whether it's a Scottish thing or it's a British thing, we're not very good about talking about ourselves, talking about our achievements, seeing what we're good at. And I think that's something we, we need to be better at. We need to be better at demonstrating by showing and spreading the message of how wonderful outdoor, outdoor education is, how why it's so important to be involved in the outdoors. And there's been so much that's been shared already, but there's still so much more that could be shared. So I guess a little plea to to everyone and, and to our listeners as well is please share your stories about your experiences with the outdoors and with outdoor education. Thank you. No, thank you very much for the invite guys it's been uh, it's been good and it's been great to discuss. Thank you for the opportunity. Well time. We are pleased to hear that the Scottish Government have committed to a £2 million package of help to support outdoor residential centres today in Scotland as we record. This has been welcomed by the sector, but they still need more support. Let's continue to shout from the rooftops and highlight the benefits of outdoor education. Sailing and boating has a unique place among outdoor activities. The immersive experience of residential outdoor education centres provide a fantastic opportunity for thousands of young people each year. Our conversations today have provided some real insights into how the benefits can form lifelong passions and careers. COVID-19's impact has been widespread and we truly believe that the current campaign to support these centres is deeply important to ensuring future generations are able to benefit from the skills and knowledge the sector can provide. Thanks again for listening and please hit the subscribe button, give us a like or leave a review. Remember to keep a note of our website and check on our social media channels for all the latest news and updates.